You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. College football today. Roaring into Monday night's national championship game for 2017. Number three, Georgia. Number four, Alabama. Nick Saban looking to pick up his sixth national championship. Kirby Smart, the former assistant looking to knock off the mad scientist. Should be great must-watch television, 8 p.m. and ESPN. Here at Fantasy Sports Radio and Television Network, though, we've partnered up with a great organization, DKMS. It's looking to delete blood cancer throughout the country. You've heard Rich and I speak about it. It's an organization and a cause that's very close to the both of our hearts and families. Rich, we're still running the opportunity in the fantasy game, I believe, to win Super Bowl tickets. I mean, it's a great organization a great cause. Yeah, there's no question about it. I love what DKMS is doing. Their sole objective is to delete blood cancer. Blood cancer is pervasive. It's invasive. It has affected both of our lives. In my case, my dad succumbed to leukemia. My father-in-law battled and won his battle with leukemia. So it's something that a lot of families have dealt with. And all DKMS wants to do is to educate people about blood cancer, get more blood donors, and and essentially save lives. So if you have an opportunity, Joe, tell them uh, where they can go to learn more about the cause. Yeah, learning more about DKMS, go to DKMS.org. And if you want to join and win Super Bowl tickets, go to DailyRoto.com backslash DKMS. That's DailyRoto.com backslash DKMS. Or go to RotoExperts.com backslash DKMS. Or call 844 843-6879. That's 844-843-6879. Join, play, and win. It's a win-win for everyone involved. Rich, I'm not bashing the FCS, and I I don't want people to miss, you know, take what I said. In terms of that, I'll watch this game, North Dakota State and James Madison, but when you break down the FBS and the FCS level, it is night and day. I understand there'll be a sellout crowd in Frisco, Texas. But again, when you look at just the game overall, I mean, they're, sure. yeah, I mean, it is a playoff oh, yeah. atmosphere. They do what it's 16, right? They, they have a 16 team playoff or they're more. Yeah, I believe it is 16, it's 16. The one, thing I was, the one question I was going to ask you, and, and I, I don't really have an answer, but I'd like to know what you think. Uh, where would these two teams, and it's only two teams, so you're right, right the depth of the uh, FCS doesn't compare to the FBS. Where would these two teams rank if they were in the FCS? Yeah, I think they would be somewhere around the 50th or 55th best team in the FBS. Yeah, Both I mean, I teams. think if they competed in the AAC, they would they could possibly win games. I James mean, Madison blew out East Carolina. Yeah, bad East Carolina right. team, but yeah. They I, can compete yeah. on a Conference USA and an AAC right. level, but expecting them to, that type of talent to go up in a power Power Five conference. Oh no, no, no! Nobody's suggesting that at all. Or even the talent. I think when you look at it, for every player you miss in the FCS level, there's 50 players on the FBS level that could be contributors to NFL rosters. So when we come back, we'll be diving right into the Alabama Crimson Tide defense. Joe Lisi and Rick Sermonella live in the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Studio 34.
Playing daily fantasy basketball this year? Consider Daily Roto your go-to resource. Whether you play on DraftKings or FanDuel, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. With a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, there's no better place to get your NBA DFS content. Better yet, you can save 10% using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com slash premium and learn more about our awesome product. If Alabama wins the national championship on Monday night, they're going to need their top-ranked defense to step up. This is an Alabama defense giving up 91 rushing yards per game and only 160 passing yards to opposing quarterbacks. Rich, they're holding opposing offenses to 33% on third-down conversions and do have... 36 total sacks on the year, but I believe that it is the front seven that if they dictate the tempo of this ball game, Alabama should win uh, their the national yeah. championship and give Nick Saban his sixth. Well, think about the type of offenses, the type of quarterbacks that have given problems to Nick Saban and the Alabama defense over maybe the five last five or six years. Mobile. Mobile quarterbacks, right? Spread them out type of offenses. They drive Nick Saban crazy. This is not that type of a Georgia offense, and that would be my concern if I'm the Bulldogs. Uh, you know, Georgia runs a more prototypical, pro-style offense. They want to run it to set up the pass. They don't want to give too much on the plate of their young quarterback, Jake Fromm. That is going to be a problem against the Alabama defense. And what we saw in the Sugar Bowl was the Alabama defense that we thought we would have seen throughout the season, which really, they struggled late in the year, right? I mean, they had problems at linebacker, they had injury issues, but with a month to rest, a month to bring back some of those injured linebackers, they absolutely shut down they obliterated the Clemson offense so I think there's a lot of concern for Georgia heading into Monday night yeah I think the strength of Alabama and I've said it at the beginning of the show their ability to run sideline to sideline if you're going to beat Alabama you need to attack them deep vertically run off those linebackers because if you're going to run toss sweeps if you're going to run the wildcat and think because you have an extra blocker you're going to win that matchup you're wrong. You're, uh, Georgia's not going to win that type of ball game. They need to be aggressive early on, wear down that uh, Alabama front seven because the one thing that Kirby uh, Kirby Smart understands is he, and I said it before, he understands the strengths and weaknesses from a defensive perspective, which can aid Jim Chaney and that offensive game plan because again, if you're going to play it straight up, you're not going to win that type of battle. Now, when you look at the, the defense of Alabama, I mean, Minka Fitz Patrick, from what I've heard now, it came up late last night, he might be not 100%, and if he might not be all in for this ball game, if he doesn't play at 100%, that's a huge, huge loss for that Alabama defense. Yeah, there's no question about it. I, I don't think Minka has been 100% for much of this season. You know, he got banged up midway through the regular season, and he has been playing through pain ever since. The fact that he hasn't gotten back to 100% even with that five weeks off since the end of the regular season really tells you how banged up this kid is. Now, he's going to give everything that he has 
pass. He's going to show up. He's going to play. But at less than 100%, that would be a concern for the Alabama defense. The problem that I have is, as well, Joe, as the Georgia offensive line has played this season, it's not an elite group. I no. mean, Isaiah Wynn, these are more blue-collar. They're, they're, they're sort of... Uh, you know, guards playing tackle position, you know, when, if he's going to play in the NFL, is going to move inside to guard. He's playing left tackle right now. They have a young right side of the offensive line comprised of underclassmen. That offensive line going up against the big, physical, mobile defensive line. We talked about Deron Payne, but how about Raekwon Davis, Deshaun Hand? These are big bodies that move well. That matchup of the Alabama defensive line versus the Georgia offensive line is my chief concern. The linebackers are banged up once again because Anthony Jennings, who played very well, he's out. He played well in the Sugar Bowl, gave a pass-rushing element to the second level of the Alabama defense, had three tackles for loss and a sack in that game. He is officially out Monday night, which hurts that linebacker core. But the defensive line, led by Deron Payne, Raekwon Davis, Isaiah Bugs, um, Deshaun Hand, that is a very good group against the Georgia offensive line. It's going to be an interesting battle in the trenches. Yeah, here's the matchup. Obviously, Georgia wants to run the football. The biggest total or the most rushing yards Alabama's given up all season long is 172 rushing yards. So when you look at Georgia's performance against Oklahoma, 317, that's going to be a tall order against an Alabama defense that held 8 of 14 opponents under 100 yards rushing. So that's the matchup as well. I think when you look at formations and you look at game planning as well in terms of how does Georgia attack that defense or more importantly how does Alabama attack Jake Fromm they're going to want to keep him in the pocket they want to keep Sony Michelle between the tackles, the A and B gaps, because you don't want those running backs to break contain. The one type of offense from a rushing output that gives Alabama some problems outside of a mobile quarterback is an offense like Auburn, where they have multiple fly sweeps. You have players that are more versatile, scat back type of players that you can utilize on the perimeter. You put them in motion, and then you hand the football off to get a running start on that Alabama defense which then can open up the play-action passing game. That's not Georgia's offense, yeah. though. Do they implement that in some way, shape, or form with Sony Michelle Or DeAndre Swift. Or even Elijah Holyfield. Yeah. I mean, I think it's all hands on deck from sure. both teams. You need multiple players because the one thing that Alabama does better than anybody in terms of their physicality, they rotate a number of different defensive linemen in throughout the game to make sure those guys are fresh by the fourth quarter and they wear you down after at the point of attack, and if they are able to do that against Georgia, going to be a long night for the Bulldogs' offense. Well, we had on Phil Longo as one of our guests on last weekend show. Phil is the offensive coordinator at Ole Miss, obviously played and lost badly against Alabama. And when we asked him, you know, what what is the element that makes Alabama so special? The word that he used to piggyback off of what you just said, Joe, was was depth. Right. Depth. I mean, they have so many quality bodies, second team, third team. So the rotation is very deep. The legs are always fresh. You know, and, and throughout this show, we've talked about the importance of the quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts on the Alabama side, Jake Fromm on the Georgia side. Jake Fromm has to make plays. Doesn't mean he's going to have to throw for 250, 300 right. yards. It's not going to happen anyway. No. But he's going to have to make plays in the passing game to keep that Alabama defense honest. How difficult is that going to be for Fromm? Not only is he a young 
quarterback, first time on this stage, but he's going up against the best pass defense in the country in terms of efficiency. No one has allowed fewer touchdown passes than Alabama. Seven touchdown passes compared to 17 interceptions. Even if Minka is not at 100%, you have Ronnie Harrison, you have uh, Levi Wallace, you have Tony Brown. So much talent on that back end, so it's going to be a real challenge for the young quarterback to solve that secondary. That's if he has a clean pocket. If he's feeling pressure, it's going to be even tougher. Yeah, and you look at common opponents. I mean, Tennessee is one and Auburn is the other. I mean, you look at Auburn, Georgia lost to them originally, beat them in the SEC championship game, Alabama dropped the Iron Bowl uh, on the Plains 26-14. to So that's a common opponent. The other common opponent is Tennessee. Uh, Georgia went into Knoxville, dominated that matchup 41 to nothing. On the flip side, Alabama knocked off uh, the Volunteers 45-7. to So those are two common Similar. opponents yeah. uh, that both teams have faced and, and fared similarly. I think yeah. when you look at this matchup overall, it really is, uh, again, a contrast in styles because I don't think... You watch this game play Monday night, and, and I tell you Georgia rushes for 300 yards much the way they did against Oklahoma. You'd be in shock if that happens. Uh, yeah, yeah, complete shock, considering exactly. the Alabama run defense. If Georgia rushes, I think if Georgia rushes for north of 175, they win that game. Uh, but, it, but if it's south of that, it's going to be difficult to find the offense because as much as I like Jake Fromm and appreciate his maturity, uncommon maturity for a teenager, a true freshman, he's going to have a very difficult time if he doesn't get support from Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb, DeAndre Swift in the running game. If if he is feeling more of the pressure, if there's more on his shoulders to move the offense, to keep the chains moving, I think it's going to be a very long evening for the Georgia offense. And then you start to look and say, you're going to have to get plays on special teams or defense in order to score points. Well, let's look at special teams quickly. I mean, both teams have multiple playmakers at every position. Lorenzo Carter did step up for uh, Georgia. Yeah. Critical factor, block. block punt. Nick Saban's teams are always disciplined each and every year. And especially in the kicking game, you look at the place kicking for Alabama last couple of games, it's been a little bit shaky, especially in the playoff. Yeah, in terms of place kicking, but I will say, you know, Georgia has Rodrigo Blankenship, uh, the better of the two place kickers. He kicked the 55 yard right. or a key one just before halftime in the Rose Bowl, but uh, I, I really like the punter of Alabama, J.K. Scott. He's a senior kid from Denver, has been on the national scene throughout his career, started fast as a true freshman. He's been punting for the past four years. He is a legitimate weapon for the Alabama defense. So this game could come down to place kickers, but don't forget about the punters. Punters in this kind of a game, field position, flipping the field, that'll be a key for uh, Alabama. I'm a Georgia fan, and I love the Bulldogs, but those glasses have to go. I don't like them either. I'll be honest with you. I don't like them either. He looks like Mr. Magoo with those glasses on. It doesn't work in a helmet. He needs like the one bar in front of his face, you know? know, If I was playing defense, I'd take a shot. I'd get a 15-yarder just once, you know, just to knock 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 him loose a little bit. But when we come back, we'll be talking national championship game. Joe Lisi and Ritz Sermonella live in the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Network Studio 34. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. 
The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source 24 hours a day. Nick Saban in Alabama will be looking for his sixth national championship. He picked up his first one in 2003 as head coach of LSU. The BCS Bowl MVP for that game was Justin Vinson. He joins us live on the Fantasy Sports Celebrity Guest Line. Justin, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing well, getting ready for this big SEC title game Monday night. Alabama and Nick Saban, your former coach, Georgia, and Kirby Smart. What can you tell us about the coaching style of Nick Saban that has allowed him to have such great success, not just in Baton Rouge, but in Tuscaloosa? His messages never change. He never he never wavers from the things that got him to where he's at today. I mean, going all the way back to when he was in the NFL, even the at Michigan State. Um, you know, it's funny for me, I watch him do interviews on TV and he's echoing the same things he said back in 2003 and 2004. Um, you know, I think in the coaching realm, you have to be very consistent at all times to, to gain the trust and uh, gain the, 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 the minds of those young men um, for them to believe in you and to believe in your message. So he does a great job of doing that. Uh, Justin, I, you know, we see one side of Coach Saban from those of us on the outside. We see the, uh, you know, the head coach, the fiery head coach, the winner. But uh, tell me some of the soft sides of Nick Saban. What kind of an impact did he have on your life while you were at LSU? You know, he was always, you know, like that father figure. I know a lot of people say that about their coaches or whoever they may be in their life that's away from home. But um, he was very stern, um, very understanding at times. Um, he probably didn't show it as much as he he possibly wanted to in front of other people because maybe that's how he was kind of brought up. But when you got one-on-one with him and had conversations, um, you can truly tell that he cares about you uh, as a person as well, um, wants to see you be successful, wants to see you do well in life, um, uh, be, a, be a great uh, uh, student and become a great man. And, you know, last year I ran in, a uh, year before last, I ran into him at the – SC championship game I got inducted into the Legends Hall of Fame and I saw him and his wife that I hadn't seen his wife since they left in 2004 and it was just like they never left you know uh, they remember me well she did of course I didn't think she would but uh, that's just a testament to who he is but he's definitely uh, a guy who likes to crack jokes and, and, and have a good time but you know obviously everybody didn't get to see that. Justin, when you look at the matchup as overall, two SEC teams, you have a lot of uh, people and fans arguing, saying uh, they won't watch this ball game. But I disagree. I think it's must-watch television. Both of these teams didn't play each and every year the way Alabama and LSU played. I think if it was one of those type of title games, I could understand people's sentiments. But give me your thoughts about uh, whether you want to see expansion and, more importantly, what it means for the SEC to have two teams in the title game uh it's huge you know um at the end of the day um uh, people are going to feel a certain way about 
everything. It doesn't matter who it is, how they got there, um, whether Alabama didn't play in the SEC title game, but you know, by far, you know, on paper, they were one of the best teams in the country. Um, and look, they got a chance to get in there, and they do what Alabama always does, and that's win ball games and win them handily. So, uh, you know, folks are folks are going to feel a certain way, like I said, but. Uh, I, I think it's good for football. It's definitely good for SEC recruiting-wise. You know, I, I've been playing another conference, so I can't speak to the testament of anybody else. But uh, it, it is it is a huge recruiting tool. It is a huge um, step up uh, uh, in a bowl victory. You know, I think uh, SEC isn't doing really well right now in the bowl victories right now this year. I mean, either way, we're going to get another dub, so it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. But, you know, it, it, I think it's pretty awesome to see these two teams in there. Uh, Justin, one of the things we've grown accustomed to over the years when it comes to the SEC is uh, great running games, great running backs. This matchup is no exception. As a former running back, give us your thoughts on Sony Michelle, Nick Chubb, Damian Harris, Bo Scarborough. Who do you like? What have you seen from these backs so far this year? You know, obviously I've seen uh, Bo Scarborough and Damian Harris up close and personal uh, for the last couple of years. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that, that dynamic duo up in Athens, uh, that's something pretty special. Both of those guys kind of bring a little bit different to the table. I think Sony Michelle might have a couple steps on on Nick Chubb, but Nick Chubb is a grinder. He can, he can also make you miss and, and run away from you. Um, they catch the ball really well out of the backfield. They do a lot of great things. But, you know, I think both of those backs with both teams um, complement them tremendously. Um, that's the reason why I think Jake Fromm is having so much success and also uh, with Jalen Hurts as well, um, giving those guys ample amount of opportunity to, to do play action and get the ball down the field and make defenses uh, guess on what's going on. Um, but, yeah, it's from a former running back, uh, you know, this is, you know, something you, you dream about and drool about, you know, uh, late at night, uh, having an opportunity for you and another uh, counterpart to, to, to line up in the backfield and go head-to-head against another great counterpart. So, yeah, I think that's pretty special. Justin, you go back to 2003, playing in the national championship game. You were the MVP of that bowl game. Give fans a perspective about preparation, what that night uh, really entails in terms of uh, just going through the motions and more importantly, I mean, going through your mind uh, for the national championship. You know, obviously when we played, it was in New Orleans, so it was basically like a home game for us. That's a 45-minute to an hour track, depending on how you drive from Baton Rouge. You know, being in that stadium um, is something pretty special. But, you know, for, for us, you know, we didn't treat it like any other game. I know I didn't. You know, obviously you got up in the hoopla and the, and the, and the media coverage and whatnot, but uh, you, you can't you can't get, get out of the moment. You know, stay in it and be yourself and do what you've always done. Don't try to do anything different just because it's a bigger game on a bigger stage because I think that's what gets a lot of people in trouble. If you go about it like it's a regular game day in your stadium or, or, or away stadium, wherever it is that you do, just do it. Um, you know, and I think that gives a lot of people some success. I think you know, getting out there and getting those jitters and and that getting those knots in your stomach that that leads to to mistakes. But if you you know stay calm, you know, listen to your coaches, stay within yourself. I think the, that preparation becomes a whole lot easier, and and you can kind of step out of the moment and just go to being just yourself. Uh, Going back to uh, yesteryear, Justin, we didn't see many freshman quarterbacks uh, starting, period, in college football, let alone at a powerhouse program. Now, 
We're going to have a true freshman starting in the national championship game in back-to-back years. Even going back to your days, and you're younger than we are, uh, how have things changed in terms of preparation for high school athletes so that they could be in this position to compete at a high level right away? You know, the game has changed, period. I think just in general, not only football, but athletics, period. The preparation, the more you know, there's more information out there for these guys to to eat better, to train better, um, to, 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 to sleep better, get on a, get on a structured schedule. And, and if you could start that at a younger age and not have to jump in that when you're like 18 or 17 or whatever it is, uh, that gives you a leg up on, on, on just about anything you're doing in life. And that's at every aspect. But I think for a lot of freshmen to come in, uh, especially at that position and play as well as Jake Fromm has played, uh, I think that's a testament to what he has grown up doing and him being a part of a, a World Series, a literally World Series championship team and, and Warren Robbins and, and all that good stuff. I think that it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty special thing to see that the game has evolved in a good way and has allowed players to be prepared a whole lot sooner than they possibly should and eliminate some of those guys sometimes as far as you know, being a red shirt. You know, if you're capable and a willing and able body you can get out there and contribute to your team and help them be successful – I mean, heck, I mean, what coach in America wouldn't want that? Justin, when you look at Alabama, they're the big boys on the block. They lost the national championship game to Dabo Sweeney and Clemson. Last second drive by Deshaun Watson. But they've dominated the SEC over recent years. Only one loss in the last two seasons. I feel like a lot of teams go in against Alabama and they're defeated before they even take the field. The one team that I feel from a mentality perspective doesn't is both LSU and Auburn playing in the SEC West. But how important is it from a mentality perspective with their former coach Kirby Smart leading Georgia uh, as the underdog in this ballgame? I think that's a huge thing having Kirby because you know in 03 Kirby was a grad assistant whenever I was a freshman at LSU. So you know I think him being where he's been for so long and then going to follow Coach Saban in Miami and then following them to, to Alabama I think he will he can talk to these guys in a different language than you know, a, a lot of other people and playing in this league and doing the things that he's done in his career, that gives them a leg up as well. You know, those guys got to put on their cleats and, and put on their patches like everybody else. And I think when people step out of that moment and get away from that aura of it's Alabama, then you can go out there and execute your plays and, 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 and do what you're supposed to do to, to put your team in a, in a position to be successful. So, you know, I think uh, them having Kirby and, and, like I said, where Kirby's been and the things that he's done in his career – that's going to give them an edge that they probably have no idea about because he's probably been speaking that since day one since he stepped in the building. Justin, great insight. We'd love to get you on in the offseason talking about LSU as they ramp up for the 2018 season. We hope you enjoy it today. Definitely. Thank you so much. I'll be, I'll be looking forward to speaking to you guys. Former LSU and BCS Bowl MVP. A understand Sam, He's Saban. a champion. He's a yeah. champion. Understands Saban. Understands how to thrash yeah. Oklahoma but with the rushing game. I mean, you look at Oklahoma now in both uh, the semifinals and yeah. the national championship. I, they couldn't stop the run. I vividly remember that late season run that Justin oh, had over like a this. decade ago one, to baby. really carry 
LSU offensively to that national championship back when it was the BCS bowl game. And, you know, Justin really brought up some great points. I love his insights about the evolution of young athletes. He's absolutely right. It's, you know, everything has been stepped up from the way they approach the game, the X's and O's, the coaches, the off-season workouts, the diet, the sleep. Everything has changed so that these kids now at the age of 18 are where athletes used to be when they were 20. And that's why Alabama's been so dominant. They've been ahead of the yes. curve yeah. for years now. Once Nick Saban won that uh, championship in Tuscaloosa, uh, in LSU, he took it to Tuscaloosa. And from a strength and conditioning perspective, straight down the line, two assistants, they understand the culture. And that's why Alabama has won four national championships over the last nine years. When we come back, we'll be talking to Game Time Decisions host Gabe Morenci. Get his locks for the title game. Joe Lisi and Rich Sermonello live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Studio 34. If you're playing daily fantasy basketball on DraftKings or FanDuel this NBA season, you need to sign up for Daily Roto. Built by a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. Better yet, you can save 10% off using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com backslash premium to learn more about their product. Along with trying to purchase tickets to the big game on StubHub, I was looking to go to a concert last night in Saskatchewan. So I called my good friend Gabe Morenci. He joins us live on the Celebrity Guest Line. Gabe, how are you this morning? Headbanging last night? Yeah, we went pretty hard uh, last night. I can't lie, guys. And uh, unfortunately, we have to do the last hit of the year uh, on the phone. We're uh, we're in a beautiful uh, condo in downtown Vancouver, Airbnb. Except uh, people that rent out rent Airbnb, they're not big on cable and internet and stuff like that. You know, <laughs> so we have a nice we have a nice condo, but I don't know if I can I can get the Skype call. But we celebrated our 16th anniversary last night in Vancouver. 16 years uh, of radio, television. It's actually January 6, 2002, guys. I did my first ever show. Wow. So it's been 16 years uh, to the day. And uh, I know we have a lot of fans, a lot of viewers doing uh, it right now, actually, in, in this beautiful city of Vancouver. My mother lives out here, so I didn't get a chance to see her at Christmas time. So we sort of combined a live show last night um, at, at a Red Car Sports Bar, man. We, we had a ton of people there. Great, great time. You know, it's just one of those one of those special nights last night. But we have a special weekend of football, man. Between between the FCS championship game, the the NFL wild card, and then of course the icing on the cake with the championship game on Monday night. There's no better weekend to be a football fan. Wow. Well, give us your thoughts. Uh, Rich and I are in disagreement about the FCS championship game. I'm going with North Dakota State. I, I like the uniforms as well, but give us your take. Are you taking the Bison or the Dukes in that ball game? Yeah, I'm going to have to disagree with Uncle Rich on this one. i got to tell you. Uh, listen, I know James Madison won 26 games in a row, but... As, as a degenerate gambler, I know I know this um, <laughs> I know this well because I bet on this stuff. Um, 
They've been skating on thin ice. They're showing their championship pedigree. Against Weber State, they basically you know, pulled a miracle out in the last uh, couple of seconds of the football game. They're not blowing teams out. This reminds me actually of Alabama and Clemson a little bit uh, from last year in a sense that the kids on North Dakota State have said all year they want James Madison. I mean, we're talking about a program that won five straight FCS championships, lost last year to James Madison. The Dukes haven't lost since, but I, I made the mistake, guys, of getting in front of this team a couple of times in the playoffs. So I'm not someone, oh, I, you know, always oh, just betting on the Bison because, you know, that that's the team to bet on it when you bet this stuff. No, no, trust me. I got in front of them. I took Sam Houston State plus the 22. You know, I, I took South Dakota State. We go down the list. There were a couple of times this year where I'm like, man, I know North Dakota State are really good, but I'm not, I can't. I have get 24 points. Sam Houston State couldn't get past the 50-yard line. And I tell you, this team is on a mission, guys. So, like I said, James Madison's won 26 games in a row. They're not as explosive as they were last year. They, there's a lot of close shapes. I mean, we got North Dakota State. They've outscored their playoff opponents like 136 to 36. They're rushing for like 282 yards a game on the ground. Smash mouth football on a mission. I don't understand why the points break came down, man. It was four and a half. I see it three and a half right now. Lay the three and a half. Uh, money line parlay with the Kansas City Chiefs later on, but jump on the bison. North Dakota State's getting revenge today, guys. And I, I love what the FCS has done. This is now like an undercard game to the FBS or the College Football Playoff yep, Championships. Yep. I like that. On the weekend before the National Championship game, I think this is a really entertaining game. Two outstanding programs, both I think would be able to compete as maybe a top 50, top 60 team in the FBS if they moved up a level. I wish it was like soccer where they had an opportunity to move up based on their play in the previous season. These are two quality programs, especially on the defensive side they of the are. ball. You know what, though? I tell you what, Rich, and it's not as if though North Dakota State couldn't play in, in various, various major conferences. I speak, I speak to handicappers all the time. And in fact, they basically have North Dakota State as a top 30 team, Rich. They're they're that good, you know, top 30, top 40 program. But it seems to me that they enjoy being the bullies in in this, Mm. (laughs) in the FCS. Like, they could, I mean, come on, man. You're telling me that there's worse teams uh, right now in the Sun Belt or the WAC than North Dakota State? I mean, you know, look, they beat Big 12 teams. You figure that, you know, they're a mid-tier, bigger program. And James Madison's been a great story, but great point, Rich. It's sort of, you know, you kick it off. You got NFL wild card coming up in a few hours. You got your big title game on Monday night. But people are ready for some football, and the excitement level's pretty big. The FCS keeps growing and growing. I saw that the North Dakota State, South Dakota State game topped 1.98 million viewers on ESPN. That's real numbers, guys, when two million people are tuning into this stuff. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, it's great information. I mean, it should be a great matchup. It'll look great on the screen. They knocked off Kansas State, knocked off Iowa State a few years ago in terms of an Iowa as well in Iowa City. So they're big game killers. I I can't argue that point in any way, shape, or form. It should be an intriguing matchup. I think, Joe. Off the top of my head, and you know what, I don't have a computer in front of me right now, but off the top of my head, I think North Dakota State are probably six, seven, and oh, last six, seven times against Power Five teams. They generally play the Big 12 right. when they play, as you mentioned, the K States, the Iowa States of the world, but they haven't lost one of these games in years. It's funny, when they lose a game, it's. 
you know, it's along the way to a South Dakota State or something like that in the regular season. But I'm telling you, it's been five, six years in a row. They haven't lost to a, to a uh, FBS team. Yeah, well, it's gotten so bad that, that the FBS teams now are dodging them. I mean, they do not want to schedule <laughs> North Dakota exactly. State, which which is the greatest compliment well, of all. Point, Rich. At uh, what point, guys, though, what do you think? Should North Dakota State step up and no, 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 keep on owning your, no. your car? You, you own, yeah, you own, you keep things Because you, going, you, right? you completely lose your identity. If you're now a member of the, even the Mountain West, but the Sun Belt, you lose your identity. You're a middle <laughs> of the pack team. Yeah, but App State. App State did it. Yeah, but App State was App State was better known as a Division Two slash FCS program than they are now. I mean, now they're sort yeah. of buried in the Sun Belt. You know? Yeah, I, it's it's you're like right. they, they have. You're right. They have such a good thing going. Why rock the boat? Yeah, right? exactly. I get it. Well, I, I want to get your take on the national championship game. They've been hammering this under, and I know all the Matrix guys with all their power ratings yeah. in Vegas. Oh, my numbers suggest Alabama. You know Nick Saban, eleven and zero with assistance. But but Gabe, let's be honest. National championship game. We know the guys in Vegas. We know how they judge games. But it is a national championship game. Each offense is going to look to score points, no matter how far behind they are. Offenses are still going to be gunning. And in order for Georgia to win this ball game, you know as well as anybody, they're not just going to play it straight up. They need to pass in order to beat the Crimson Tide. I, I agree with you 100% on this show. I love, I love you know, the Vegas guys and all our projections. And this. But, but it's true. Uh, my, my, their, no, I their power well, listen, ratings, I, got, I mean, it's how they established the line. during the week. Look, the total opened up at 48. It's been back down to 44 and a half. You talk to any of these so-called experts, like you said, Joe, these guys are talking to you like they think it's going to be a 3 nothing football game. <laughs> Listen, we've got three national championship playoff games, guys. All three of them sailed over the number. Sailed over the number. Ohio State and Oregon put up like 62 points. I was the score at the top of my head. 42 20, 41 21, 42 20. Clemson, Alabama, 45 40, 35 31, whatever, back to back years. We've got three national title games under this playoff format. All of them haven't even been close to the under. They've all sailed over the number. Like you said, Joe, this is the last game of the year. Kirby Smart knows if I play this close to the best, I'll lose the game close to the best. And there's too much speed. There's too much talent. There's just too much talent on the field for me for this game not to go over the 44.5 points. Alabama wake up and, you know, they, they eat 24 points for, for breakfast. Even when they're not doing well, that's just what their offense sort of will give you. And if they're doing well, they'll give you 30. You know, they'll give you 35, etc. I think they get out of the high 20s. I, I 100% agree with Joe, but this is where I have to hurt Joe and uh, break his heart here, Rich. <laughs> I can't get in front of Nick Saban in this spot. And you just mentioned it, 11-0 against assistance. Oh, let's be real. It's okay. So Saban, you beat up on Colorado State and Jim McElwain. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's one of them. You know, the Florida Gator wins against McElwain. Those are a couple of more of them. So this is a little unique situation in which nobody knows the tendencies of Alabama and what Saban wants to do, like Kirby Smart. But it comes down to talent. It comes down to athletes. I just like the fact that Alabama on a mission from last year. I love hearing Jalen Hurts. And, you know, it's funny because the mainstream was like, oh, you know, top Lackridge, uh, Jalen's got to complete that ball. It's got to be higher up. 
I thought Jalen Hurts was great in that in that semifinal. I thought he was composed. I thought he was poised. I noticed a big difference from last year to this year with his composure in the pocket. When I hear the story, guys, about how he has on his phone a screensaver, the picture of Clemson and the confetti coming down in front of him, I realized this kid's the real deal. And he said, I can't, I can't take this picture off my phone until I win one for Alabama. These guys are just on a mission. I'm not getting in front of them right now. And, and listen, you know, you got uh, Georgia, Chubb, and Michelle, great. I know they passed the Pony Express. They rushed for 326 yards, I believe it was, last week. You know it takes Alabama four games to give up 326 yards on the ground. I just think the sledding is going to be a little bit tougher on the ground. I'm done saying that, oh, I want to see from uh, beat us through the air because the kids beat me through the air. I'm, I'm done saying that. The kids can, the kid can throw the football. But ultimately, I can't get in front of Alabama. Alabama wins a fun football game. A little higher scoring than people think. Let's say, you know, a 30 30-23 style Alabama win, guys. 27-21. Alabama by six or seven. Gabe, great picks. Great insight. We'll tweet you all day, and we'll definitely tweet you on Monday. Have a great weekend and, and safe travels. Well, I tell you what, guys. I love doing the show this year. I can't, I'm, I'm sad, man. I can't. But we do it next week? <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll have it soon enough. We'll be back together soon enough. We'll have a revised edition, all three of us <laughs> sitting on a couch interviewing guests. When we come back, Rich and I will give our picks for the title game. Don't go anywhere. Joe Lisi and Rich Sermonello live in the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Studio 34. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. in the last segment of the show by our great producer, Pete Constadori, Constadori and Ashley Abreu. It's been a great year here. I had the time of my life just to, uh, <laughs> just to piggyback I thought he was going to play some rockin' music for us. No, he comes I in brought a little, it's a little like, tear to my eye. I know. Eye. I feel yeah. like Rich and I were in a French cafe sipping espresso, <laughs> having a little, uh, you know, Danish over there. We definitely but, were not in an Airbnb in Vancouver. No, no. Or Saskatchewan. I, I would love to know the bar that they were at last night. Ooh, I would love to be rocking with them. And uh, we'll I'm too old for that. Maybe, oh, maybe, come on. Maybe a we generation would have fun. We would have fun. Maybe, maybe the younger me would have the enjoyed it. Of us doing a show together. Wow, that that actually um, 
that actually has some serious potential. What would the show be named, though? Is it, uh, I, you know, that would be. We, we're gonna have to come up with that, but that that could be interesting. Yeah. We could have we three get a word in edgewise? Three different personality types. Yeah. That I guarantee you would have three different picks on the national championship game. But I'm going all in with my Georgia Bulldogs. I'll say this about the national championship breakdown. You look at the last two years against Alabama and Clemson. Alabama laid six and a half points over the Clemson Tigers. Vegas obviously thinks that Georgia's a stronger team because they're only laying four points. That's coming off a cross-country trip against Baker Mayfield and Oklahoma. Coupled with the fact of Nick Saban dominating former assistants 11-0, right? I mean, you would think that from the Vegas angle... It would be a touchdown. Ve- ve- right, yeah. at least yeah. six and a half, yeah. seven with a freshman quarterback? Right, right, right. So I, I, after after the way the Alabama defense played th- last week, exactly. yeah, that's a good point. I, I Listen, I, I like Georgia. I, I, I like the under better than I like Georgia at this point. I have a lot of trepidation about... The Georgia offense versus that Alabama defense, they played hungry. They played with a lot of passion against Clemson, and it showed in that 24-6 victory. I have Georgia winning this game 22-21. to Wow, I have high scoring, though. 27-23. I think Georgia gets a a four, seven-point victory. I think it's going to be high scoring because I think in order for each team to win, they need to score first. They need to dictate dictate the tempo offensively. It cannot be a low, methodical, blue collar. No, both teams do not want to get into that matchup, even though it would favor Alabama. If you put Nick Saban right here and ask him, he wants his his offense to jump up early, get up 7, 10, nothing, put the pressure on Jake Fromm to come from behind. Easier said than done, though. I mean, But he's done it better than anybody. I mean, that's what Alabama does. That's why they dominate these games. Look Look at last year against Clemson and Deshaun Watson. Yeah. They carried a halftime lead into that matchup. It match is going to be a fast surface, too. Indoors, very fast surface for those athletes to be able to roam. Uh, who would be your MVP? If you think Georgia's winning, who is the who is the Bulldog? Is it one of the running backs or is it Roquan Smith? Well, I, I think offensively, I'm going to go with two guys. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Terry Godwin. I think Terry Godwin is a critical factor in this ball game. He's an experienced wide receiver from a numbers perspective. Hasn't put up the numbers that we would have liked to have seen. But he could be really the. Everybody's concentrating on whims. I, I like. I I love. Terry Godwin and Sony Michelle because of his ability to catch the football. Yeah. If Georgia wins, they're going to need a big game out of him. Defensively, I think it's going to be a showcase for Roquan Smith. We know him, obviously. You know, nation knows him. He won the Butkus Award, but a lot of folks around the country, especially outside of the SEC, don't know Roquan Smith. The linebackers that we've grown accustomed to at Alabama over the years, the next level linebackers, Roquan Smith is that kind of a kid at Georgia. I think he's going to have a spectacular night against those Alabama running backs. Yeah, I'd be shocked if uh, offensively, if it's Jake Fromm, he throws for 300 yards. I mean, he would be a Heisman Trophy front runner then for yeah. 2018. But credit both of these teams, dynamic years. The game is 8 o'clock. It's on ESPN. It's in the Mercedes-Benz Dome. Rich and I go both going with the Bulldogs. Look at a bark. For the first time since 1980 National Championship over Notre Dame. For Rich Sermonello, this is Joe Lisi. Have a great weekend, everyone. It's been a great year. Keep it where it is all season long.